This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Something shifted in our generation. Many of us are not comfortable with the thought of moving our parents into institutionalized living, and we are moving back into the concept of multi-generational living as a means to provide physical and emotional support for our parents. Valeria interviews Pat Shevland, the author of Living Life in the Middle, the caregiver's guide to healing, hope, and harmony through multi-generational living. Patricia, Pat, Shevland has been in the healing profession since she was in her teens. She became a registered nurse after high school, beginning her career caring for patients in the hospital setting and ultimately transitioning to a very successful 25-year career as a corporate executive in the medical and claim management fields of workers' compensation. In 2012, Pat began the reinvention of her life to pursue her dream of being a life coach and was certified by the International Coaching Federation in 2015. Pat sees herself as a healing guide for mind, body, and spirit. She became certified as a Spring Forest Qigong teacher in 2017 and is a certified funeral celebrant, serving those who are not affiliated with any religion or church. She also is a volunteer at Children's Grief Connection, a nonprofit organization providing grief camps for children and their families in Minnesota and Wisconsin. As Pat stepped into her second half of life, she realized her sole purpose, to be a light for those who grieve. Since a very young age, Pat has been very comfortable holding the space of grief for others, especially with mothers who've experienced the death of a child. As a child born into a grieving family, Pat understands firsthand the impact long-term grief from the death of a child can have on a mother and the family as a whole. She began her journey as a coach for grieving mothers by helping her own mother find healing from 60 years of hidden grief after the death of her child. Since that time, many mothers have shared their stories and found purpose and joy in their lives with Pat's compassionate guidance. Meet Pat at HealingFamilyGrief.com. Here's the interview with Pat Shevland. In your own words, who is Patricia Shevland? Oh, that is such a good question. I love it when you start out that way. Who am I? I feel that I have been placed on this earth to be a light for people who are struggling. So whether it's with grief or more recently, um, I've been really focused on caregivers and helping them to find the light in their lives as um, they're taking care of 
family members or other people in their lives. So I just see myself as yeah. I was brought here a part of the divine and, and being a light for others as much as I can be. I love that, Pat. And I often ask the question about the journey to get there. Was that a journey for you to get to this understanding of what you're doing here on earth? Oh, yes. Yes. Um, you and I actually had <laughs> done a podcast from my first book, but my journey, well, I think our journey starts at birth, right? right. Or even before birth. Before birth, yeah, even, but so when we come into this world. But I would say I was really in my 50s when the awakening and the awareness really showed up for me um, because I was working with my mom over the death of a child that she had, a brother that I had not known because he died before I was born. And so that was a whole new awakening for me, also. You were, you know, talking about this awakening or, you know, what put me on this journey. And I guess, you know, what I really think is my mother put me on this journey, not only just through my birth, but through our, our soul's purpose that we have danced for many years. My official question to you is about balance. What is your idea of balance, Pat? Oh, my idea of balance is we have a lot of things that compete for our attention, our emotions, um, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and balancing is finding a way to have all of that blending that we need so that we're not out of sync spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Do you see balance as a destination or a sort of um, movement toward imbalance and then balance, out of center and center? I see it as a movement. <laughs> I just, you know, I think we flow in and out. It's kind of like that infinity symbol, right? you oh. know, where it just like mm. flows in and out and in and out. And, and we just mm. have this, it's kind of like a dance, right. you know, because sometimes we're going to get out of balance or, you know, I'm a Qigong practitioner and that is all about remembering and, and working on keeping our energy balanced. But we know that sometimes we will get imbalanced. And so it's a dance. It's a flow. And what are some of the misconceptions most of us have about balance? What comes to mind for you? Oh, I think that, you know, we think work-life balance, yeah. right? Yeah, that's um, a big one. That it's like those two. Yeah. And there's <laughs> yeah. just so much more to it because what is life? Yeah. You know, mm. work is part of our life, but it's our relationships it's our our health, like I said, emotionally, physically, our spiritual health within that. So it just encompasses everything that we are and who we want to be. So it, it really is all encompassing. It's but typically when people are thinking work-life balance, so it's either work or it's life, like our home life, and it's so much deeper and broader than that. And sometimes I wonder if by connecting with the spiritual part of ourselves, that component, all the other parts, they, they automatically come into balance, in harmony. Do you think that this is something that could happen? Absolutely. I think that the more that we can focus, kind of go deep within, right. And which to me is that spiritual basis of which we all are. We all are a, a part of the divine. Yeah. 
every single one of us are in that dance. And uh, yeah, absolutely. That when we tap into the inner work, then it seems like the outer stuff just comes Mm. gradually and easily together for us. 2020 has been this interesting time of challenges and change for all of us, really. What changed for you? What have you learned from 2020, Pat? Oh, man, I got healthier. I actually (laughs) got healthier in 2020. Um, In my multi-generational family, we chose to start eating differently. And, you know, 2020 allowed more outdoor activities because we weren't indoor very much. So I actually found that I got healthier. And the beautiful thing about 2020 is my mom, I actually quit my full-time job where I was working outside the home in January um, of 2020. And I was able to spend all of 2020 being home and present for my mom who just passed this last January. So, wow. It was a gift. There's a lot of strength in your voice. I know you have been through a lot. All of us, we've been through so many things, but grief is, we talked last time about, it's one of the, from my perspective, I though I don't have the experience, one of the most painful uh, experiences for us human beings, it seems to me. Would you say that too, Pat? Absolutely. Yeah. I really thought I was prepared for my mother's passing. Right. We had talked about it for years. She was 96 and a half years old, had lived with me for eight years. We had lots of conversations about it. And seeing her deteriorate, I thought, you know, I'm ready for this. She's ready for this. But when the actual evening came and she took her last breath, I found myself in very deep grief and needed to really, um, what I call, I gave myself the grace of grief and allowed myself a couple of months of just slowing down a little bit more and allowing myself to feel the feelings that I needed to and process through the various feelings of grief and emotions. What do you found to be helpful, the most helpful element when dealing with um, losing someone we love? What did you find to be the most powerful method or healing method to have or to practice? Oh, I did a lot of prayer. I did a lot of meditation. Um, I I went into my own self a lot deeper than I ever have because I really needed to process internally what was going on. And so that helped to keep me um, in the game, so to speak, and keep me healthy mentally and physically. Seems like we are finding a space of surrender, isn't it, Pat? Of looking for help from something that's greater than us, that connection that we talked earlier about, the spiritual world, the invisible world. That is so powerful. It is so powerful. And then, you know, that brings in um, finding the connections in the physical world. Yeah. You know, when we have faith and we are open to having that deep spiritual belief, it actually opens us up to, I think, where people are seeing us more in the physical world and being more available for us. Mm -hmm. So um, it's very supportive. 
So you wrote the book, the second book, Living Life in the Middle, The Caregiver's Guide to Healing, Hope, and Harmony Through Multigenerational Living. So my initial question that I ask all my guests, what was the main inspiration and intention of writing your book? Uh, taking care of my mom. It was, um, we live in a multi-generational home. And when I really was sitting back and in the midst of it, all of a sudden I realized that this could be very helpful for others who are taking care of their elders or other family members. And COVID was a big reason for it. People came together and families were combining during this time. I love the way you say in your book, I want to just want to read this. You wrote, I had to figure out my role within this village. So the village you call, this is the multi-generational family. <laughs> That's cute the way you say that too. I had to learn to be forgiving. I had to learn where my boundaries were. I had to learn how to live more simply. I had to learn that I am not here to control others, but to live in harmony. I learned to give up fear and to live with the faith that I can have all that I desire. I love those insights because this is the work of healing, basically. Yes, yes, absolutely. As I had said earlier, you know, I really did have to tap into my inner work through meditation, through prayer. Learning how to live in a multi-generational family is a unique experience if you're coming together where it's just not something that you've been doing throughout your whole life. Right. Um, right. Some people have done multi-generational. That's what they've grown up in. But ours was one that it was a matter of choice. And I really did have to go and do some real self-reflection because I'm a pretty strong woman. Right. I've been a corporate executive. I've been successful in my life. I have made lots of decisions, but I actually had moved in. My family, we moved in to my son and his wife's home. And so that changed the dynamics a little bit that I needed to step back and allow them to really take the lead in many things. And, and that was very helpful. And it actually just helped me to, I don't know, I, I don't get as shook up over things as I used to just because I've learned how to relax into it a little better. So talk to me about the balance approach that you have in the book. There are seven steps and lots of exercise. So we can go, if you want to, we can go through them one by one, the letters, and um, you can talk about some exercise. I do have some comments to make, some, some remarks that I wrote here, some passages. But yeah, however you want to talk about them, those steps. Okay, well, we can start and feel free to interrupt me if, if there's a question or that's the right timing. Yeah. Um, I love acronyms. I don't know, for some <laughs> reason, acronyms come to me. And so balance just felt like, hey, this is really what all of this is about, is learning to balance our lives yeah. um, as we're living in a multi-generational and being caregivers for our family members. And so I started out where the B stands for the Bodhi. Yeah. And for people that have heard of Buddha. Buddha allegedly found his enlightenment under the Bodhi tree. He came from a very wealthy family. He was a prince and came from the palace. And when he left the palace walls one time, he realized that 
life was not the same as it was within the castle, the palace walls. And so he really worked on trying to understand what we as humans, what are we here for and what is enlightenment? So it is said that he found his enlightenment under the Bodhi tree. So the first step in balance is to help people understand who you are yeah, what is going on in your life? What's your personality? What is your human design? Mm. Where do you fit on the emotional barometer scale? You know, do you have a lot more negative emotions versus positive emotions? Is there a lot of stress going on, you know, as a caregiver? Just where are you at and creating a baseline of where are things going on in your life on a scale of zero to 10? And it's not to make anything bad or wrong. It's just to say, where am I starting out at right now? And creating some awareness. Because once we know who we are and where that baseline is, then we know, okay, these are some areas that I'd like to take some action on and find some improvements and and seek out things that will make me feel better. So that's a really important thing. And I my coaching was based on my certification through positive psychology. And so it's really important for us to look at our strengths. I don't like to talk about weaknesses. Mm -hmm. I like strengths. And so we can take a look at what are our strengths to help us to make changes in our lives that are long lasting and bringing back happiness and joy and fulfillment versus despair and drudgery. So that's the Bodhi. Yeah, that's a big one. I do have a question for you, Pat. Yeah, sure. The human design, what is the human design? Well, the human design is fascinating, and I'm not an expert in this. I actually um, took a course, and I'm taking another course actually starting in uh, like another week um, to get a little bit more deeply into this. But basically what it is is it's based upon various tools like the I Ching, Chinese I Ching, astrology, um, Kabbalah, different things that have been brought together. And basically what it is, is it takes your birth date, the time of your birth, where you were born, and you run this chart and it tells you what is your design, what is your puzzle piece that you came to be on the day that you were born. And so there are five different designs. Some will argue that there's four, um, but I, where I learned this, there are five different designs and it really talks about what are our strengths with whatever our particular design is and what are the challenges? Yeah. Because uh, things that really, really support us and help us in this world, there can also be things in our way of being that can be challenging. And so this creates an awareness for my clients when I'm using them in coaching to understand, okay, this is where I really shine. And this is where I might struggle a little bit. And so you can work through actions or find the supporting people that can help you in those areas where you might struggle. Getting to know who we are, it's fundamental, isn't it? That's why you have as the first step. And then the second one, authoring your dream, A. I love the passage you have there, which says, life is how you create it. You are the author of your own story and you deserve to create a best-selling version of this life of yours. I love that, <laughs> best-selling version. Right. 
Yes. You know, this is where I actually do a guided meditation and guided imagery meditation. And there's a twofold purpose for that. So people who get my book, they can actually reach out to me and I can send them an audio version versus trying to read a meditation. Um, But there's a twofold purpose. Number one is to learn how to go into a meditation and learn how to relax because people who are feeling unbalanced, stressed, grieving, whatever is going on in their life, just learning how to take some breaths and relax and close your eyes and, and kind of go back to, remember when you're a kid, I don't know if you did, I think most kids have, where you laid on your back and you watch the clouds and, and (laughs) yep. And then you'd make them like, Oh, that looks like a certain animal or something. And it was just like, so relaxing. And that visualization just was so fun for us. And that's what I want my clients or the people that are reading the book to be able to go back and be that child and taking dreaming, you know, doing some daydreaming and creating what is it that I want in my life? Because I truly believe that we can be here to support and be servants to others, but we also need to be servants to ourselves so that we can have both. We can take care of everybody else, but we also need to take care of ourselves. And we can, with the right planning and visioning, create the steps and the actions to be able to have both. You make a comment, uh, think that something I wrote here. For many of us in this multi-generational life, the thought of focusing on our own needs feels like it is a bit selfish. And then you say, you cannot throw out a life preserver if you are the one who is drowning. Right. Powerfully said. Yeah. 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 So that so that's a big part of this in authoring your dream is I want people to realize that you can have it all. You can still be very loving and caring. And yeah, that's what this whole book is, is to find healing, hope, flexibility, fun, all of that stuff (laughs) while still being available for and, and a loving availability for your family. Do you connect some of the thoughts or suggestions in the book on the authoring your dream to the law of attraction, some of the principles there? Yes. I always, my life just feels like it's been one law of attraction, you know, once we're aware of it, right? Once we're aware that um, we can manifest whatever we're thinking, whether it's positive or not so positive. And so that really is, it is creating a vision board and really tasting it. You know, I work with clients and I say, I want you to create a vision where you can taste it. You can feel it. Mm. It's not just seeing it or imagining it. It's like you're right there. I want you to feel like you're in that boat that you want so desperately and you're on the water and just really feeling that and just immersing yourself that you're already there. And that's the law of attraction, right? That you're all, you've already created it. It's just stepping into it. And then the next steps, uh, the next one is the L, life within your village. I love the way you say that, the village for family. That's beautiful. Well, you know, part of it is I'm married to a man who is Native American. Oh. And so we talk a lot about, you know, villages and tribes and that type of thing. So it just naturally comes. And I grew up close to a reservation where I knew a lot of 
people on the tribe. And and so it's just very natural for me. So, but yeah, the village. And so (laughs) I ask people to kind of go back to being that kid again and pulling out their crayons and a piece of paper and start doing some drawing and seeing what it looks like for you today and then drawing a picture of what you'd like it to look like in the future. And I did these activities myself. And it's, it's just getting, again, that awareness of what's going on in your own village. Right. And the village right. may be just the people in your home, right. or it may be including your work, your friends, your spiritual community. So just taking a look at that and seeing what's there and what might be missing. So the next one is A, actions for health. Yes. And this is something that is kind of a common thing in all of my books, but it's so important for us. So I walk the reader through, okay, let's learn how to breathe. Number one, let's learn how to breathe. Breathing in through our nose and out through our mouths, doing three soft, deep, gentle breaths because we're breathing in the beautiful oxygen of the universe that's provided to us. And when we exhale, we can exhale out, you know, the stress hormones. And typically Mm -hmm. when I'm with anybody who is in a challenging moment emotionally, Three soft, deep, gentle breaths just brings them to calm immediately. So that's one of the things, a simple tool to just do this. But I also encourage people, I call it the faith, you know, creating a faith toolbox. And faith is the acronym, finding awesome inspiration to heal. Mm. Find some little things in your day that really help you to relax when you're feeling stressed. It might be a nice little tub bath with lavender and Epsom salts. It might be just opening up the window and listening to birds singing or the chatter of squirrels Mm. or (laughs) rustling in the leaves, whatever it is, but just taking those breaths and just getting yourself into a calmness in the present moment is so important. I talk about gratitude. We know, and, and the studies are out there, that employing gratitude in our lives actually really creates healing and it really does bring this calm and it creates happiness. We become happier when we employ gratitude exercises. So I have some of those in the book. And then the other thing is, I said earlier, I'm a a practitioner of Qigong and I actually have been trained in um, a version of Qigong, Spring Force Qigong with my um, teacher, Master Chunyi Lin. And so I explain a little bit about Qigong and what I do with my clients is I teach them, but there are lots of YouTube videos and Master Lin is on Facebook and there's just some great, it's just very simple meditative kind of movements that help us to balance our energy, which is so critical when we're trying to balance our whole life. Now might be the time to ask you this question about the difference between self-care, self-love, which they are connected somehow, and selfishness. Because some people, they kind of refrain from taking care of themselves the way they should or could because they have this uh, shame that they might come across selfish. So talk to me for a moment about that, Pat. Well, I think it's okay to be selfish. I think we have to to change the um, (laughs) meaning behind selfishness. I think that You know, it's like being on an airplane, right? Put on your own oxygen mask first before you put it on someone else because it's not going to do anything any good if you're not here to help. I, you know, through my Spring Force Qigong training and working with a lot of masters, this saying always comes to mind. One must have a gallon in order to fill another's cup. 
Hmm. We have to be filled so that we can pour forth to someone else. If we're totally depleted, if we're having physical issues or emotional issues, we are not going to be able to help the people that that's what we really want to be doing is to be taking care of the people in our family and in our lives. But if we're depleted, it's not going to happen. So it's common sense, kind of, but it's really hard when you're the one being run ragged, it feels like trying to take care of everything, the physical needs for someone else, the laundry, the house, the cooking, the cleaning, you know, um, working your job, all those different things. And so it's just very critical that self-care, selfishness, self-care, whatever we want to call it, I think needs to be first and foremost because you're not unable to help anybody else without it. I have something that I read in your book. You say, we know that negative beliefs and emotions can hold us back from taking appropriate action when we want to move positively forward in our lives. Negative beliefs, wow, and emotions, that's another challenging aspect of being a human being to deal with, Pat. Go back to balance, even though we have all these emotions. So talk to me about new perceptions. Well, you know, in our multi-generational home, you know, there the human design came in really handy because there were some perceptions. I'm going to use my husband, for example. Yeah. Sometimes he can come across really strong, um, a bit short. And I would take a look at that as if, and he didn't want to necessarily be around the rest of the family for long periods of time. And so initially I looked at it like, well, that's not very nice. That's not very kind that you don't want to sit up here and visit with us at the dinner table when dinner's over. And when I ran his human design, I realized that he is one that he is very, he takes in everybody's energy and that's his human design. And so it was overwhelming for him. It wasn't that he was trying to be rude or, you know, not sit at the dinner table and have conversations. Right. It was that he needed to move away from all the energy of all the people in our family to just go and decompress a little bit. And so that really helped me with that. The other thing is like with my mom, you know, yeah. my mom yeah. and I, you know, for my, I'm what, 62 going on 63 years. And all these years, we've had so many different ups and downs and circles arounds and dancing here and dancing there. And sometimes, especially when they get older, things may come out of their mouths that feel like they're, they don't love you very much or that they're irritated with you. And I really had to change my perceptions of that and look at her differently. Um, and so instead of taking things personally that she would say to me, like when she'd tell me to stop talking, I used to take that personally, like, wow, that's not very nice. But then I realized, you know what? She's an elderly woman who's lost a lot of control. Her body is starting to fail. She can't hear as well. I'm going to look at her as like one of my patients when I used to work in a nursing home. And when that happens, I'm going to take out the equation that she's my mother and I'm going to treat her as any other elderly person that I would have taken good care of. And that helped me to not get too emotionally wrapped up into sometimes when things were said that could be hurtful because I know that she really didn't mean that. So it takes understanding, like doing that work of trying to understand others, what they are coming from and not taking 
everything personally. Yes. That would be reacting, right, Pat, in a way. It's not really responding to the situation, but reacting, as some people say. Right, right. And that's where those three soft, deep, gentle breaths come in really handy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Tell me about it. (laughs) I've learned that the hard way. Um, So the last two steps, C, claiming your future. Talk to me for a moment about that. Now, that was a bit of a deeper exercise. And so I think it was just part of me being in the circumstances I was in with my mom and my family. But we carry a lot of ancestral and generational wounding forward. And so this is a part where taking a look at what's kind of gone on in your family. How do you heal some of that? Because we can heal whatever even happened with our great-grandparents. We can do that. We, we have that capability. But also to just really, um, oh, I don't know, just clearing that out. And again, like you had said, having that understanding and then going through that through forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. Deep forgiveness. I have some prayers of forgiveness. Um, one is a Buddhist prayer of forgiveness. There's the Ho'oponopono, which is a little mantra that's very powerful. So I have some stories about that. Um, But how we can use forgiveness, because I think that is one of the basic tenets of of humanity. And unconditional love, we talked about that. How really do we move to that unconditional love? Loving each other because we are all souls of the divine. Every one of us is. And so going back and remembering that, using that forgiveness, viewing people as the small children they came into this world Mm, as so beautifully innocent and loving and kind. And then the last one is Mm. bestowing kindness. That's what we're here to do. I truly believe that. I mean, unconditionally love, forgive when it's needed, but to be kind to one another And that is what really our journey here is on earth. So that was really about how do we clear out some of the, the noise and the, the perceptions and the ancestral wounding. And I believe that when we do that in the present moment, we are healing it forward. We are paying it forward. So I have a granddaughter who lived in this home, who lives in this home, four generations of us. She helped heal my mom. I started healing my relationship with my mother. The whole abandonment stuff that kind of was in our family was being healed. And I look at my granddaughter, who's two now, and I'm thinking, wow, this is so great because that's been healed for her. And now for future generations, that will be healed. And we don't have to keep carrying that baggage of abandonment. That's been a heavy load in my particular family forward anymore. So that's so this was a kind of a heavy duty <laughs> yeah. chapter. It's yeah. going deep. It's getting in there and going deep. So um, yeah, that's what I call true wisdom. Mm. That depth, going deeper without losing the fear, just surrender to what we see and really giving us this space to explore more and to know more without resistance. So thank you. Right. Thank you for yeah. doing that. That's oh, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. And then the last one is um, entering into a life of purpose. You know, we all are here for a purpose and everyone might be different, whatever that is. So I actually have people kind of do a little bit of an exercise to go back in their family tree and see if there are some common factors that show up 
And I talk about my daughter-in-law who, and my son who, through foster care and how they've been able to help heal abandonment and issues and take care of children and adopting a child, all of this stuff. Because And so my daughter-in-law, really, her life purpose was to nurture babies and create health for them in whatever way that she can. And so I believe all of us have those different life purposes. And sometimes we may think, oh, I don't have anything. I don't know what that would be. Or it's not as grand as standing up on stage and talking about things. It may be that your life purpose is to take care of that family member. That's what it is. It's just to be there, to love them, to nurture them in whatever way that you can. And that's a beautiful life purpose. We're almost at the end, Pat, with the interview today. I have a few more questions for you. Two more questions, the ending questions. Would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book? Um, Actually, just that if anybody wants the book, I have free books available. They can go to my website at www.healingfamilygrief.com and they can just sign up to get a free um, ebook from me and it's all right there. All of this information is right there. Wonderful. I'll have the link on your podcast profile too. Wonderful. What is another word for balance as of today? What comes to mind? Hmm. Good question. I think it's blending. Blending. Hmm. That's an interesting answer. Yeah, that we, you know, sometimes it's not always perfectly in balance. It could be that we're blending this and blending that, but all together it comes together in a perfection of yin and yang, a perfection of that balance. So my last question is, what are three things about life you wish everyone to have before they leave the body? Oh, to really have that self-love to just see themselves in the beautiful creation that they are, that every time they look at the mirror, they see that beauty, that spark. Um, Absolutely. To be deeply loved by others. Absolutely. Um, And to have fun. To to have all these joy-filled moments, knowing we're going to have challenges, but if the joy-filled ones outweigh the challenging ones, that's Mm -hmm. what I wish for everybody. I love that. Love, love, and joy, right? Yeah. It goes back to that. Well, from love, joy arises for sure. Thank you so much again, Pat, for our second conversation, sharing your wisdom, the work you do, which I consider healing and compassionate. Thank you so much. Mm, Thank you, Valerie. I'm just thrilled to be here and talking with you again. Before we say goodbye again, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? www.healingfamilygrief.com. Thank you again, Pat. And we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Pat Shevland and her work, please visit healingfamilygrief.com. more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.